0: Well, one month ago today, one month ago from this very day, a conversation started that has been kind of the theme on this show for about the past 30 days is, all right, well, how is this class going to even hold together? Of course they are going to lose some commitments. Look at the way that they're playing. Because one month ago today, OU football suffered its first loss of the year when Kansas State came to town. Now, I am happy to report to everyone, Parker, that even though today is the one-month uh, one anniversary of your first loss, and one month since everyone has been speculating and wondering how many decommitments you're going to have with this class, no decommitments after the first month of that loss. You don't hey. say about it. And the only one that you continue to be even you know, somewhat concerned with is Colton Vosick, unless I'm totally missing something. Is there anyone else currently committed that we're all wondering, uh, is he going to take a visit here? Colton Vosick still
1: seems to be the only one that people are worried about. Yeah, I mean, he's the only – I think he's the only guy that's given Oklahoma, given the fans, given anybody following the situation, any tangible reason to worry. Nobody else has given the indication that they are anything but locked in with Oklahoma. Yeah, so, hey, it's – a month, and you're
0: still holding strong, and you're even back in the top five at the uh, number 4 overall recruiting class as things stand today. You and I didn't get to talk on Friday because you bailed on me on Friday. I you did. left me all alone on Friday to talk about Jackson Arnold. But just kind of thinking about it over the weekend, as, as impressive as that performance was, more uh, touchdown passes than incompletions, like OU fans... I woke up Friday with like this sense of optimism like dang, we got a dude coming in at quarterback in this 23 class. But as much as we tend to look from it like from the fans perspective, recruits and commits uh, watched the same thing as well, did they not? So when we're talking about Parker of keeping this class together, him throwing up those numbers, I don't think, surprised any of the current commits that they have. But it didn't hurt that your quarterback commit and your headliner of your entire class, Parker, lit it up on Thursday night on ESPN2 against a program like Allen. That only helps your recruiting efforts when he, when he throws up numbers like that in prime time.
1: Yeah, if there was anybody else out there that was still doubting whether or not Jackson Arnold was going to be special at the next level, I think the early indications are at this point in time that he's going to be very well positioned to play very early on in his career as a Sooner. Now, I I said it last week, and I encountered some kickback on the Air Comfort Solutions text line because I think it was slightly taken out of context. I said, look, if they needed him to, I think Jackson Arnold could play next year at Oklahoma and play pretty well. Obviously, that is not the expectation I have. I don't think that's the expectation that anybody should have. I think the expectation that fans reasonably should have is that Dylan Gabriel is going to be back at the controls at the outset of the 2023 season, and he's going to be the guy, and then come 2024, that's when you look to, that's when maybe you start to see Jackson Arnold make a serious run uh, at being the starter. He's going to be in competition with Nick Evers, he may be in competition with General Booty as well, so it's not going to be handed to him. Nothing's handed to you at the University of Oklahoma under Brent Venables, but I, my expectation is not that Arnold's going to be the guy next year as a true freshman. That is a lofty expectation for anybody. It doesn't matter how good you are, especially at the quarterback position. You simply can't have the expectation that X Y Z player is going to get to campus. It's not
0: best case scenario no. next
1: year. Just not. Uh, look, look. Should Cade Klubnick have started the year at Clemson <laughs> I, <laughs> after that performance Saturday, I would it have been inclined good. to say yes, and I'm pretty sure I did say yes back in August, but. Experience matters. Stability matters. Knowledge of the offense matters, especially at quarterback. And so I think it's going to be really good for Arnold to get to Oklahoma in 2023 and not have to be the guy right away, but be able to become accommodated with Levy's offense. And it's not going to be a heck of a learning curve because what they run at Guyer is very similar to what OU is going to run under Jeff Levy. So... The introduction to the collegiate scheme at OU for Arnold is going to be pretty easy, all things considered. That said, I do think everybody benefits all around. Yeah, If you can just sit that guy on the bench for a year, say, hey, soak it all in, learn everything you can, and hey, we'll see where we're at in 2024. So
0: you haven't got a commit in a while, but how have the past four ge- four days been for OU football recruiting? How have they gone? There's no real tangible evidence to support that it was a good four days, but I think any time that your five-star quarterback lights it up like he did on Thursday night at ESPN2, that's a pretty good sign. And then you throw that in with the fight in 83s losing another game. They're below 500. And then you've got Texas losing as a six and point favorite in a game where, I mean, really, they should have won the game. I'm I'm not saying that they played to a level – of where you can argue that they should. I'm just saying, with how beat up Oklahoma State was in that game, that's a game that Texas has to win. So just by sitting on the sidelines this weekend, it feels like it was overall, I guess, a good recruiting weekend in that your two main recruiting rivals, they suffered pretty bad losses this weekend. Or pretty tough losses, at least. That helps, doesn't it? That helps. Man,
1: things are getting ugly down in college. Yeah, they are,
0: man. People and are starting to really
1: turn on Jimbo real quick. Woo, boy. And you you were starting to hear whispers, even as far back as the spring. I'm pretty sure we were talking on this show about how things were not all fine and dandy, sunshine and roses down in College Station. But now with where they sit as a football team after that 30-24 loss to South Carolina, 3-4, and four, and honestly, Tyler, a real uphill battle to be able to attain bowl eligibility in 2022 oh this these next couple it could months, get really bad it could get real <laughs> interesting
0: yeah and, and hey we got our own football team to talk about around here and what could happen in the final five games of the year trust me fully understand that one but I don't know if A&M has hits in fact I don't think that A&M has hit rock bottom this year. I think Jimbo is 2-6 and six against his last eight FBS teams, and they lose on Saturday at South Carolina 30-24 in a game where South Carolina scored about 17 points in the first five minutes of action in
1: that game. Yeah, it was 17-0 within five minutes, it was. So, at that point, and the Aggies were buried from the get-go, not a ton of momentum, were able to claw back into it, sure, but... Who 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 do they beat from here on out? They beat Massachusetts, sure. I don't think they beat LSU. Nope. I don't think they beat Ole Miss. Nope. I don't think they beat Florida. Nope. Auburn's a toss up. Four and eight, five and seven. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're looking at right yeah. now. Yeah, and, and, and being
0: a top ten team to start the year, and you know the target that was put on their back. It ain't. Gonna, it, I mean, people are really starting to turn on Jimbo, and let's see what uh, let's see what happens with their current 2023 committed class. It's not a you know, top five class, or certainly not the number one class they had last year, but it's not a good look down at College Station. The quote of the week, though... And I want to personally thank uh, o- Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Derek Mason for saying this after they beat uh, Texas on Saturday. If you haven't heard this, oh, you're gonna love it. Derek Mason said this after the game: "Quote, when I walk out of the building, I don't see Ferraris and Lamborghinis. I see Ford F-150s, Chevys. I see blue-collar stuff, and I think our kids are immersed in the idea of toughness all day long." In quotes. So don't you just Mike. Love it? Drop! Wow! Yes,
1: Derek Mason.
0: We got Ford F one hundred and fifty long bed pick-em-up trucks out here. That shows our toughness. We played played against a, a bunch of bunch of kids with Lamborghinis out there. Mike drop right Oh, there. I just love taking that. Taking
1: a shot at Texas anytime you can do it, hey, man. Again, I need to give props to Oklahoma State because they just keep winning, man. I I don't understand how. Give it up to Rob Glass. Give it up to Mike Gundy, give it up to Casey Dunn and Derek Mason, Spencer Sanders He's as critical kid, man. as critical as I have been of him in the past. He's been playing some pretty good ball. He has. I, I could not fathom Oklahoma State winning twelve games last year, but they did it. I could not fathom them being what six and one, seven and one at this point through the first half of the season, the first half of Big Twelve conference play. Yet here they are. man. And again, it's Ford F-150s and it's Chevys. There is nothing flashy about that program, about the way that they recruit, honestly about the way that they play. But they, they're they all gutsy, man. They yeah. just win football
0: games. Sark's now 10-10 and 10 at Texas. The only head coach in Texas football history with a worse record after his first 20 games on the job is Charlie Strong. Which we know that that tenure did <laughs> not last very long. So, <laughs> not, not the company it, you want to be keeping. It's just typical. It, 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 that was a typical Texas performance. Just when everyone, once again, wanted to get back in and believe in that team. Well, you know, Quinn Ewers. With Quinn Ewers healthy, Texas is a college football playoff team. That was the worst take of the weekend by some people out there because Quinn Ewers looked God-awful on Saturday. Oh, he was terrible on Saturday. What were his final numbers? 19-49, two touchdowns, three interceptions. He was bad, man. Uh, He was really, really bad. And the people that thought that he was going to be the missing piece to that offense this offseason, how does that look now? Doesn't look very good at all. So A&M in
1: Texas with brutal, brutal weekends. Brutal weekends. We have a Doug from Norman Texas. Okay, I can't wait. Serious question for Parker. Last segment with Steely. The OU Journalism School was mentioned. At what point, Parker, is the line crossed between being a journalist and being a de facto recruiter? You use media credentials to gain access to sidelines to be able to access potential recruits, yet you are an unabashed Sooner recruiter. And no doubt, actively talking up the advantages of coming to Norman. Is that what a journalist does? And do you make visits and call recruits during these so-called no-contact no, no contact or dead periods where the coaches can't contact the potential recruits? Is there such a concept of journalistic integrity? Oh, Doug. I, I, I'm going to try to be nice here. Doug, I I don't know if you fully understand what I do. Because I, I can tell you what I don't do And that is recruit on behalf of the University of Oklahoma. Okay, yes, I cover Oklahoma. Yes, I spend three hours every weekday talking about Oklahoma on this radio show. Yes, I graduated twice from the University of Oklahoma. And Doug, I can sit here with a completely clear conscience and tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, as I reflect on my nearly three years in the business of recruiting, covering recruiting, that is, not actively recruiting, that I have never once said anything to a potential student-athlete to try to influence their decision. And see, and that's why
0: OU didn't get David Hicks, so if you want to continue to blame Parker on that one, the fact that Parker didn't uh, help recruit for OU on the David Hicks commitment, I mean, I think that says a lot.
1: In general, one of the very first things that I will tell any kid that I'm covering is at the end of the day, I don't care where you go to school. My check is going to clear either way. It is no skin off my nose what your ultimate decision is. So... Doug, yes, there is a concept of journalistic integrity. No, I am not an unabashed Sooner recruiter. I cover the athletes that the University of Oklahoma is recruiting, and that is where it stops. Moreover, I will say there are people in the industry, and I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. Some people will know who I'm referring to. Some will not. That's okay. Either way. There are some people in the industry who will wear the colors or logos of the teams that they cover. What? Yes. Unbelievable. That happens. It's a thing. I'm not one of those people because I do not want to even give off the slightest inkling of partiality. Now, listen, Doug, I will say this. In general, it is better for business when Oklahoma is playing better football, when Oklahoma is recruiting well. That's great. Like – from a personal standpoint, I do better when Oklahoma does better. So yes, there is something of an interest there. There you go. I'm not going to completely disavow that. Doug says but- I appreciate the explanation and honesty,
0: so uh, I think we're we're all good here. I think uh, Doug liked that answer there, so I, I think we're all past
1: it. Okay, sweet. Uh, I think
0: you and uh, Doug's relationship has uh, has grown a little bit. Doug got after me about eleven days ago. Really? I still see the text uh, on the text line from there. Doug and I got past that. We told each other uh, we love one another. So I don't know if this is the next step for you guys, but maybe uh, "and I love you, Doug" uh, could be in order before we get out of here today. Um, I, I don't know. Just just, uh, just maybe just a chance that that could
1: happen. Thanks for the text, Doug. <laughs> this listener says Doug needs to unwad those burnt orange undies. I don't think Doug has burnt orange undies. One more th- uh, it says you guys
0: should play what the Oklahoma State radio guy said right when Oklahoma State won the game. It was funny. So oh, I, trust I, me. I heard about this. Oh, oh, trust trust me. me. If there's an audio clip out there to be had, I can assure you that either I or Steely have been searching for it for multiple hours before we go on the air today. And such is the case with the Dave Hunziker clip of apparently what he said right after the game. I could not find the audio clip anywhere, but uh, he, he apparently said, ladies and gentlemen, this was a battle of a program with a winning culture and one that doesn't have a winning culture. That's what he said immediately after the game. So... Whether it was the play play wow. voice or the defensive coordinator, everyone was hammering Texas on Saturday after that loss.
1: Hello. And to
0: you up there in Stillwater, we all salute you. Tip of the cap. Day props. Tip of the cap props. for the uh, multiple body slams that you threw down in the University of Texas. All right, what's the latest on the Colton Vossick situation? Is OU still in on David Hicks? Are there any uh, – Com- commitments coming. where are some commitment? De- all, all the questions you have, we know. We'll get to them coming up next. Hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Locked in with McComas and Thune rolls on next.
1: Center center takes the knee and that'll do it ladies and gentlemen this was a battle between a program with a winning culture and a program that does not have a winning culture and at the end of the day the program with the winning culture oklahoma state prevails against the program that does not have a winning culture the university of texas
0: wow <laughs> wow you, dave, dave. Woo, i mean i love buddy. it
1: Uh, I love it.
0: He's not making any friends down in Austin. It's all right. Tip of the cap to you, Dave. That was fantastic. I love that
1: so much. Oh, man. Next year when the Pokes go to DKR.
0: If the Pokes go to DKR. But, yeah, probably when the Pokes
1: go to DKR. Yeah, Dave's going to need a little security detail. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, tough one for the Horns and for the fight in 83s on Saturday. Uh, both of those teams lose. By the way, uh, where are they listening from today, you asked Parker? Well, uh, how about uh, – there's no way – I'm totally going to butcher this. Okay. But we have a uh, – A listener in France and a listener in Finland today. Beaumont, France is maybe how you pronounce that. It's uh, spelled like Beaumont, Texas, basically, but I'm guessing they don't say Beaumont like they do in uh, South Texas. Yeah, uh, Beaumont. Sure, we'll go with that. France, Finland, uh, Kalispell, Montana is on the list today. Oh, I've been there. It's gorgeous. Uh, Yeah. Seriously? No,
1: it is beautiful. Nice.
0: Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, Sioux City, Iowa, Colleen, Texas, home of Tommy Harris, Tucson, Arizona, and our small town of the day is uh, Dewey, Oklahoma. I am uh, very confident that that falls under the uh, 10,000 uh, capacity threshold that we have. And
1: where today. is Dewey? Uh, nor- or east side of the state. Okay. Yeah, yeah. basically. I, I kind of thought, I vaguely... Vaguely have some semblance of an idea where, but
0: welcome, uh, Finland, to the show. It's nice to to have you on today. Appreciate you and welcome,
1: Kalispell, Montana. Still my favorite vacation I've ever been on. Wow, really? Oh yeah, interesting. I'm telling you, man, Montana is a gorgeous
0: place. Yeah. Any news on Caden McDonald's trip to Clemson? Asked the Air Comfort Solutions text line. He he did end up making that trip, correct? He did. Was he there? He did. DJ Lagway was there this weekend. Um, Any news? I I haven't seen really anything written
1: about it. We're just waiting for, what, a week from today until he makes his decision. Yeah, and we talked about this last hour, me and Steely did. Right now it looks like a three-team race in my mind for Caden McDonald. OU, Clemson, Florida. I'm not sure anybody has the clear upper hand right now. I'd say OU and Clemson are in a little bit better of a spot than Florida at the moment. But I would expect it to be one of those three programs. Uh, The distance factor is going to come into play with Ohio State and Michigan, which were the other two finalists, the other two schools that got official visits from Caden McDonald. So, yeah, as of right now, a week out, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. I don't know if Caden McDonald knows right now where he wants to be. Uh, I do know there's a lot of reason for confidence on the OU side of things. And Sooner fans, I, I don't want them to get their hopes up. But I will say this, there is a good chance Caden McDonald is the newest member of OU's class, class next Monday. Let me see if I can sum it up this way. Um, would
0: you put in a crystal ball for him right now? You know, probably not. No. But it feels like things have, and I don't even know if I want to use the word drastically because that gets people's hopes up, but things have improved quite a bit over the past couple of weeks for OU's chances coming up next Monday. Is that correct? Is that accurate to say?
1: That is true. Oh, you've made up a, lo-
0: up a lot of ground they uh, really on that visit weekend and everything since then? Yes. Okay. And I, I, that's all you can really ask for, I guess, is to put yourself in a situation where you might be the decision one week for today on Halloween. I mean, I guess you could ask that you actually get his commitment, but you've really made up a lot of ground here in the past couple of weeks. So yeah, you got a puncher's chance at least.
1: And again, if you don't end up with a kid, that's fine. You can live with it. It's far from home. The kid's very close with his mom. If he wants to stay close and go to Clemson or go to Florida, you understand it. You did what you could. You gave it a good run. Turn your attention to Johnny Bowens, Marcus Deal, or whoever the heck else might be in play at that point.
0: Malachi Coleman does commit to Nebraska over the weekend. That's a huge get for the Huskers. They had to get a top 100 player in their own backyard. They do. Um, But OU cooled off on Malachi Coleman. We've made that pretty clear over the course of the past few weeks. And, you know, I don't know if the timeline matches up exactly, Parker, but it almost feels like OU really started to cool on Malachi Coleman the week that OU played Nebraska in Lincoln. Uh, Maybe it was a little bit before that, but that kind of seemed to be at least the timeline for me where I was starting to hear um, they may not think as highly uh, about this kid as maybe the rest of the internet does.
1: Yeah, well, I know it, it had been a conversation for a few weeks, kind of behind the scenes. Is is this kid going to end up being a surefire take? Because he really likes Oklahoma. But I think we had talked about it leading up until that week. But the last contact Malachi Coleman had with the Oklahoma staff was the week of that Nebraska game. Yeah. So after that point, it was it was probably, it was it, since it wasn't Oklahoma at that point, it was probably always going to be, Nebraska, again, I don't think that one's over 100% because I do know Georgia's working to get him on a visit. They want the him to play corner, right? They want him to play corner. It would be scary. Which is wild. They figure that one out. Yeah, so I does that Georgia visit end up happening? I don't know. Obviously, Malachi Coleman's family, you'd have to imagine being lifelong Husker fans. They're over the moon that the kid uh, is committed to Nebraska at this point in time, so... Yeah, it's again. It was never going to be OU after late September. Sure. Yeah. And that was o- OU's decision. Is is what that yeah. was. Now, uh, if again, and I will continue to emphasize this because people are going to keep asking what happened, people will be tuning in for the first time wanting the intel. Look. OU could have had Malachi Coleman if they wanted Malachi Coleman. And that's not hyperbole. That kid was a sooner if he was a take. He now, ended up not being a tick.
0: Now, the, the rebuttal might be, well, what are they going to do at tight end for next year because of what you're losing? I think they might go to the portal to get a yeah, tight end. Yeah,
1: you get that's at least what, one <laughs> tight That's end. what it
0: really feels like, that you're going to go yes. find a portal tight end somewhere. Um, by the way, you know, looking at this Colton Vossick recruitments, it's still kind of the the headliner of what everyone wants to talk about. He's not your highest-ranked commits. But he's certainly kind of the the commit that everyone's talking about the most right now. I'm curious about this because we know the pool of Texas being an Austin kid. But if we're looking for one thing that can really benefit OU down the stretch. Now, Texas self-imploding down the stretch could obviously help out OU, especially if OU starts to play better football. But it is a unique scenario, Parker, where he's seemingly deciding between two schools. One of them is a defensive-minded head coach. And he's a defensive lineman, right? And the other one is, it's an offensively you know, run program. Now, the offense is definitely better than the defense here in Norman, but I think in due time, this will be a program that's defensively led. Yes. I wonder how big of a factor that is going to be down the stretch when Colton Vosick really starts to weigh his options between OU and Texas. One guy thinks like a defensive coordinator, their head coach. The other one, I mean,
1: he's an offensive guru, play caller, whatever. The one thing you can't disregard in all this is the fandom. Colton Vosick grew up a Texas fan. That goes a long way. Uh, Does it go all the way in the end? I don't know. I don't know that Colton Vosick knows right now. Again, we talked about it last week. It's understandable that the kid is torn because it's really, really difficult to suit up for the biggest rival of the school that you grew up rooting for. It's also really, really difficult to have to pick up the phone and tell Brent Venables, for whom Colton Vosick has so much respect and admiration, hey, thanks, but no thanks, I'm actually going to be a Longhorn. So he's in between a rock and a hard place. That's a tough place to be as a 17-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be – it's not going to be a situation down the stretch that is going to leave everybody satisfied. There are people that are going to feel burned in all this. There are people that are going to be disappointed. Uh, whether those people are on the Oklahoma side of the Red River, on the Texas side, not entirely sure yet. But the kid does continue to say all the right things to OU behind the scenes, and he is still, as of right now, committed. He
0: said something very interesting recently to Inside Texas. They were asking about his, you know, how, how, uh, how, uh, how much in constant communication are you with the UT staff? And he said, quote, I live in Austin and Oklahoma isn't doing well. I'm close with the Texas staff. I talked to Coach Pete, uh, PK, which is Pete Kwiatkowski, uh, Coach Sark, and a lot of the Texas staff pretty much weekly. It's a really good connection with them, end quotes. So that's kind of an interesting quote, is it not? From Colton Vosick, I live in Austin and Oklahoma isn't doing well right now. Um, that doesn't have to tell the story of what's going to happen over the next couple of months, but no shocker there. He's talking to their defensive coordinator and head coach weekly. Texas is making an all-out push to flip Colton Vosick from, from OU to Texas. I know that didn't surprise
1: anyone, but Vosick's saying it in himself. Kind of surprised they're not talking more frequently than weekly. Yeah. You would think at this point in the cycle with as hard as Texas is supposedly pushing for Vosick how bad they supposedly want him that they would be talking more frequently than weekly but i don't know maybe, maybe Vasek isn't the type of kid to need more than a weekly chat uh
0: Peyton Bowen the uh, the question uh, that you get where you're just the sound that you just made you make it frequently i guess he said to on 3 recently that he doesn't know when his decision is going to be, but he knows it's going to be real soon. He's going to try to end this whole recruitment before state. He was at Oregon this weekend for that Oregon-UCLA game. It was a little uh, rainy in Eugene, but maybe Peyton Bowen has somewhat of a timeline
1: that he wants to stick by. I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it with him. Get, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying that. I would love it if that were the case. I would love it if there were an actual timeline here. I just... <laughs> I've been sold on a timeline so many times over the course of the last six, seven months that at this point I'm like, "You've fooled me too many times." I'm just gonna have to see it with my own two eyes. And I'm still wondering if he's gonna take uh, other
0: visits here coming up soon. I, I think that that could be a very realistic scenario for him. I don't know if it'll be visits outside of uh, South Bend, College Station, or Norman, but the you know the trip to to Oregon to Eugene. I wonder if a situation like that's gonna happen again coming up for him.
1: Now, he's supposed to visit Notre Dame the first weekend of November when the Fighting Irish host Clemson. I he, he, here's the thing. I don't think, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get it square in my mind where the Texas State playoffs begin and whether he's trying to say, like, I'll have it done by the beginning of state or the end of state? Because like Texas State football playoffs last quite a while. So he's supposed to visit Notre Dame November 6th. I think right now that visit does end up happening. Just because I know that Bowen has people in his circle that are pro-Notre Dame to the point where those people probably want Notre Dame to be able to get one final crack at Peyton Bowen. Sure. I still do not think he signs with Notre Dame. I do not foresee any Well, no kind one of really thinks that right yes. now that
0: he's gonna sign with Notre Dame. But
1: again, I I do think as of right now, he probably ends up taking that visit.
0: Yeah. E- everyone on Friday, by the way, you won't be surprised about this. Everyone saw that punt return and how he played on Thursday night, <laughs> and everyone's, everyone initially saw the five-star, oh, and it's like, well, yeah, we want a five-star defensive player, of course. Saw him on ESPN2, it was like, oh, yeah, he's really good, would like to have that guy. Yeah. He yeah. broke about eight tackles on that punt return. Also, what did you think about the
1: chopper that, uh, I guess, OU has now for recruiting visits? I mean, hey. It's pretty impressive, huh? Pulling out all the stops to try and close on the five-star safety. I'm all about it. I am I was all about it as
0: well. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More of your text. more Cruton, more OU football the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref, Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown Haver Studios. 405 651 3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. I was very happy to see that OUINsider.com made an appearance on Message Board Geniuses because of uh, As it does. <laughs> because of the headline Arch Manning, Oh Boy. This was a post on uh, on OU Insider. Uh, I'm hearing Ol' Arch has reopened communication lines with UGA, and Arch is the one that reached out. Let me reiterate, nothing is done and no clue what happens from here, but huge problems in Austin. It's why Jonte is looking around as well. Um, Are you buying whatsoever that Arch has a wandering eye, and it might be on Athens, Georgia, after this tough start from Texas?
1: Uh, Right now, no. I don't think we're at that point yet. Just because Texas has lost 3 games to this point in the season, none of those 3 losses have been egregious. They very nearly beat Alabama at home. They lost in overtime in Lubbock. Not a loss that looks great on the resume, but if you're going to lose to Texas Tech, you know, at, at least it was a close loss. At least it was a well-contested football game. Then you get beat on you get beat in Stillwater by Oklahoma State by a touchdown. Twin Ewers throws three interceptions. Yeah, that game could have gone better, but it's not a glaring scar on Texas's season to this point. So I I if I'm a Texas fan, right now I'm a lot more worried about Cedric Baxter and whether he sticks. He will be visiting Florida State this weekend. No big deal. Yeah, so there's that. That is probably the one guy that I would be most concerned about right now. If I were a Texas fan, Arch really hasn't given any tangible indication uh, that his commitment is in jeopardy.
0: He's still recruiting pretty hard for Texas. I mean, if you want to talk about uh, the full-court press that UT has for Colton Vosick, Arch Manning is kind of leading the way
1: in that recruitment, to be honest. Yep, he is. So, no, I do not buy, at least right now, that Arch Manning is not going to end up a long haul. Now, if the wheels fall off for Texas... And maybe there's more talk, as there was late last season, about Sark maybe being shown the door. Then maybe the conversation becomes a little bit more legitimate. But right now, no, I'm not really drinking that Kool-Aid.
0: But if that were to happen, if Texas like really struggles down the stretch, which is entirely possible, by the way, they got a brutal end to the schedule. Um, if that were to happen, and Arch were to decommit and go elsewhere, you talk about an immediate hot seat for Sark going into year three those are two things that he cannot to allow happen really the one thing that he can't allow to happen Parker is for Arch to decommit and go elsewhere that would totally crater their recruiting class that would lose any sort of momentum that they have right now as a program he got to make sure that Arch is going to sign on the dotted line in December well Arch is his insurance policy yeah right now. I mean it, I mean that's that's accurate yes again out of all the head coaches in Texas football history Sark has the second worst record through 20 games. 20 or excuse me 10 and 10 overall so far. and he will get a
1: longer leash because he has yeah. the number one player in america and i'm using air quotes you can't see them but i'm using air co- quotes he's got a commitment from the number one player in america in the 2023 cycle who happens to be a quarterback and also happens to have the manning name so that will give sark a little bit of slack a little bit more leeway than he otherwise would have
0: 918 says, been listening but had to take a call. Did you guys mention any word about Hicks coming to OU? Hashtag A&M fallouts. There are some uh, Twitter rumors that are going on. I mean, and we've been saying for a couple weeks now is, you know, they're at least talking. I mean, there's at least some sort of communication yep. there. And yep, I, I wonder if that's going to heat up here moving forward. And the question I think that a lot of textures might have is, is he going to take that OSU official? Is that even decided as of right now?
1: Or is that kind of a wait-and-see type of development? If if he does take that bedlam official, and look, it's a possibility. We talked about this last week. It's a possibility. Please do not count on it. Please do not count on it. But if that bedlam official happens, I think you can start to feel pretty good about DJ Hicks. Yeah, sure. Especially given the way that things are trending right now. Down in College Station. That and that visit, it may seem like it's close,
0: but that's that's a ways off, man. What what is that around uh, November fourteenth? I Yeah, wanna say? so it's not a month, but it's no, November 19th. It's a few, it's a few, it's close to a month. Yeah, about twenty five days away, whatever it is. You, you got a good amount, so a lot can happen in a twenty five day span. Unfortunately, we found out that a lot can happen in about a twelve hour span about a month ago <laughs> uh, with that yeah. recruitment. You know. Oh, Which,
1: we- how, how wild would it be if DJ Hicks ended up flipping back to Oklahoma? I don't know what if people will know what you all, think. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to see how that situation would play out because there were so many people. Uh, it's it's not worth getting deep in the weeds on it. Basically, the freakout in the aftermath of Hicks' commitment to A&M was Generational. If he winds up at OU in the end, do all of those same people? Uh, will all of those same people be willing to acknowledge? Okay, we were a little bit over the top with how we reacted. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, yes. Um, I, I at least I hope so. I don't know, maybe not Parker. You, I guess you can never tell by the text line how they're going to react. Um, hopefully, we could get someone like Gabriel Brownlow Dindy to transfer if A&M continues to play bad. That is a thought that there could be a mass exodus—not a mass exodus, but A&M could definitely see some players in the portal if they have a tough uh, ending to the year. Uh, after Hicks watched the Aggies go south, literally, he'll decommit. Says the text line. We'll we'll, we'll see, but things definitely have a chance to go. Really, really bad for Texas A and M.
1: You know what I'm really curious and to they see. They continue to have no quarterback play whatsoever. What are the uh, What are the Tex Ags message board screenshots from September 28th going to look like if DJ Hicks flips? Yeah, all of the Aggie fans that were dancing on Oklahoma's grave that day. I I, I have no doubt people are keeping receipts. There's one thing that you can count on with OU fans, other than being Twitter crazy, that they're going to keep receipts and. I have no doubt that plenty of receipts are being filed in preparation for the potential of a DJ Hicks flip. We mentioned Caden McDonald, four-star defensive lineman. One more before we
0: hit a break. Is Caden McDonald an impact player next year? He would have a chance to just because of that body and at that position. You can play day one. Would I bet on it? No, not necessarily. But would he have a chance to be in the rotation? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there would be a chance there. It all kind of depends on, really what it depends on is what OU does in the portal this off season well, for a lot of these And freshmen. who's back? Yeah. Because
1: Jalen Redmond could be back. I have been told that's a very legitimate possibility that he returns for a sixth year. Isaiah Coe could be back. Jeffrey Johnson's gone. But you bring back Coe, you bring back Redmond. Uh, you're probably going to bring back Corey Roberson and Josh Ellison. Alton is going to have a year under his belt at that point. I Yeah, I wouldn't wager anything on Caden McDonald being a legit rotational guy in year one but one thing about this staff one thing that they've really been good with is they've made sure that just about every single freshman at least every single healthy freshman has gotten snaps at some point
0: 39, air comfort solutions text line final segment of locked in coming up next right here on the ref Recruiting winners and losers over the weekend, according to 24-7 Sports. The Oregon Ducks have been listed as a winner. Duh. They had a great atmosphere at Autzen Stadium. Had a lot of big-time recruits there on Saturday. South Carolina is listed as a winner on Saturday. That was an incredible atmosphere at Williams-Bryce Stadium uh, Saturday in uh, Columbia. Did they have like the... The, the State Fair right outside the stadium? Did, did you watch the uh, A&M South Carolina game? I did not get it. I don't know if that's that like or. the South Carolina State Fair or they do that every year, but they had a – they had it going on right outside the stadium there, which was pretty cool. Miami is a loser, which they had uh, oh, eight turnovers on Saturday. That's the most um, in a Power 5 game since 2009. That I guess. is a
1: bad situation right now down there in Coral Gables. It's I mean, real bad. bad.
0: They got ran by Duke at home. Yikes. TCU was listed as a winner over the weekend, which it helps that they can injure everyone's starting quarterback so far this year. Yeah, how about that? Was that number three? Quarterback number three? Well, they injured both the starter and the backup on Saturday, or at least both of those guys got hurt in the game because K-State had a huge lead in that game. TCU was able to come back and win that game by double digits because Kansas State didn't have anybody to play quarterback at the end of the game.
1: TCU is still undefeated. Don't ask me how. But I... uh, (laughs) I just told they've been injured everyone's quarterback. Yes, yes, but like... Are we, are we to the point where we're going to start to have the playoff conversation with that team? Because
0: well, I, as long as they're undefeated, yes. But when they when they take their first loss,
1: then no. I don't. Okay, well, they, sure. One loss, TCU
0: is not. good. Who, who are
1: they going to lose to? They've already gotten past Oklahoma State. Yeah. They've already gotten past OU. Yeah. I. I don't figure Texas is the team in knock I don't them off. think. I mean, they do have to go to
0: Austin. I, I think TCU is a much better team than Texas. They, they'll still have to play the Big 12 championship game. Hey, you know how this conference works this year, and I'm yeah. certainly not going to pick this, but they got to go to Morgantown this weekend. I mean, this has been such a week to week league this year that I don't think that TCU is just so good that they can just roll out to West Virginia and win easily. I think that that could
1: be a fight for them this weekend for sure. Here's a really interesting question. Who's the worst team in the Big Twelve right now? Uh, well, Iowa State. I, I would
0: I would probably say Iowa State. But yeah, if you think for one second I'm not super nervous about that game for OU, then then you're well, yeah. Wrong and he, like, that. here's the
1: thing: you can say that about Iowa State, and I think most people would say that about Iowa State, and that's understandable. They're zero four in Big Twelve play, but all of those four losses have been by one possession. Yep. Right now, the margin from one to ten in the Big Twelve is. Razor-thin.
0: Yeah, it is. OU's a, what, one-and-a-half-point favorite in that game this weekend? Yeah. Uh, by the way, the last loser in recruiting from this weekend, you just love to see it. It's the Texas Longhorn. says 24-7 Sports. Not a good showing for the Horns. They are now at a playoff contention, and uh, they're going to probably have to win out even to make it to the Big 12 Championship game. So... Did you see our Big boy yikes.
1: Our boy Joey Hickey wrote a
0: fluff piece last I did week not, about no, how I there's, did not.
1: there aren't five quarterbacks in the country playing better than Quinn Ewers right now?
0: I did see the uh, CBS quarterback rankings two weeks ago when they had him as like the uh, fourth best quarterback in college football, to which I say, why are you people such idiots? I, wh- uh, no, There was never a time where he was the top five quarterback in college football. And everyone had to wait until Saturday to see it, but he was bad, man nineteen of forty nine for three with three picks. I understand the last pick wasn't his fault, but good God, he left some points on the board with some with some uh,
1: overthrows yeah down by the, the field. way, nineteen of forty nine is a completion percentage south of forty percent yeah Patrick says, did you see that Stanford crowd on Saturday what yeah, Stanford la- crowd? Yeah, lack thereof yeah I, I didn't I saw the Stanford game, but I didn't see a crowd there. Why, why do people not care about college football in the state of California anymore?
0: I, because it's been around a decade since Stanford was uh, relevant and competing for Pac-12
1: titles. Okay, sure, but UCLA was undefeated I know. until this past week. I know. And they still can't get more than 20,000 people uh, to Real Bowl.
0: quick, we got about 20 seconds. Five-star corner Desmond Ricks, he reclassifies to 23. Bama, Florida, LSU, and Miami this fall. Oh, you have any
1: chance? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. I don't Just
0: had so. to ask. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on the ref. We're the homeless suitor fans.